Hi, welcome to the Flywheel Film Show. From the kombucha capital in Colorado, I'm Jordan. And I'm Austin, airing from the greatest country in the United States, uh, in Dallas, Texas. And I'm Justin of Nashville. Where the hell did all these people come from? Tennessee. Tonight, we praise the minivan. I relive my high school car glory days. And we import a gnarly dream garage from Japan, the motherland. But first, a word from our sponsor. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but until we, until we get sponsors, I'll just ask you guys, what are you drinking? <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, what? When did we get one of these? Sponsored by Boda Box. That's I'm right. actually I'm drinking boxed wine today. Uh, this is the Sauvignon Blanc. Or as you would say from a box, Savignon Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking some sort of red that is also from a box, but it's off. It's an off-brand box. Um, and I'm pretty sure like the red is a mix of, I don't know, it's basically grape juice is what I'm having. Well, Justin, you remember that bottle of Merlot we had at your house like 10 years ago, and it was $3 from Walmart. And, well, that was your first red flag. Um, <laughs> and it, it was so bad that we started calling it Merlot, and then we thought, well, maybe if we leave oh, it open, right. maybe we leave it open for a while. It would get It'll better because wine ages. No, <laughs> terrible wine doesn't age into better wine. <laughs> terrible wine ages into vinegar. So yeah. <laughs> it is now old milk. Um, yeah. Speaking of three dollar wine, Aldi's has some excellent three dollar wine. I can't say the name of it, but it Winking rhymes owl. with. I wasn't gonna Wait, say the name of it. I was just gonna. To, oh. I was going to say, we're not sponsored. it rhymes. I mean, we can say it, blinking but they don't pay bowels. us. Yeah, it rhymes with blinking cow. Uh, Austin, what are you drinking? Are you, are you working? I'm actually just drinking uh, water because I have to drive to the airport after this. So, responsible. Well, responsible. Yeah. Responsibility. He's, he's going to hoon his Fiesta ST to the airport. What? I'm going to fly. I'm going to absolutely fly. Get it to the airport. Oh, All right, geez. remember that, kids. Don't drink and drive, but just speed. Damn it, drive fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a it's it's a less bad law to to break, less serious, right? Sure. I would legitimately though, if my kid was like, "What? Like, if I'm going to do one thing wrong in the car, what would you want me to do? Like, speed, 100. percent I'd rather you speed than drink and drive or text and drive, because or- if you're if you're not doing either one of those, well, one, you're not impaired, and the other one, you're at least looking at the road. Um, if you're not texting and driving. And actually, speeding, you can get around people who aren't driving safely, even though they're driving slowly. Slow doesn't Correct. mean safe. And actually, I think we have this set as as a different podcast topic, so I won't go too into that. But I'm 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 okay with speeding. You heard it Talk. here first, folks. Speeding well, is defensive driving, which is good. Speaking of speeding, uh, let's talk about what I've been looking at at uh, Facebook Marketplace this week. Uh, The segue, hang on, hang on, no sense anymore. It it makes sense. So I've actually been looking at uh, Silica GTSs. Like, if you listened into episode nineteen, I mentioned uh, my Silica GTS. And Justin's the segue, first experience in a manual transmission. Yeah, Justin's first experience and Jordan's worst experience. Um, <laughs> it was also my worst experience. The segue but, uh, is Justin now making sense because I got my first speeding ticket in that car. 
Um, first of so, many. Yeah, first. No, I only got one in that car, but uh, first of many speeding tickets. Yes, total. Yeah, That's what I yeah m- multiple, but not defensive all in, driving in the tickets. silica. Yes, um, <laughs> defensive. <laughs> I took defensive driving to get out of them. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, know how I, fast you were going? Defensive. <laughs> Fast enough to get away from the haters. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So did you find one? Because that I mean that was your glory day in high school, was I that actually GPS. did, but it bums me out because the used car market's so hot right now that I I like I can afford it, but I don't want to. Like I sold mine for like a little over three grand back in 2016, 27 Oof. that was 2017. And one with similar in similar shape with similar miles is for sale in my area for like fifty five hundred bucks. Just like man, should have should have hung on to it. Could have made a little bit more yeah. cash on it. Yeah, you should have waited until the economy inflated, and then you could have sold your car. That yeah. Yep. So who knew of, that was going to happen? That's the moral of the story. We should have held on to every car from the last fifteen years and sold them all at once right now. Correct. What you know? Who knows? Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of holding on to cars or not holding on to cars, uh, let's move on to a segment that we did previously at some point <laughs> in time. Carguing. This is when we pick a topic to argue about. And since we don't debate each other because we're not civilized, we call it carguing. It's so, semantically brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's genius. Spelling incorrect, but semantically great. This week, we are going to discuss minivans or SUVs. Are minivans dying? What do you so, guys think? This, when we were thinking about this topic, I was actually thinking about how I am rooting for minivans in this one. And I will, I will take the part of arguing on the minivan side of things. And being at that point where I am rooting for minivans means that SUVs are bad. Like, they have gotten under my skin more than minivans. <laughs> this <laughs> that's, is where we are as a society. This is, this is where we're at. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that SUVs are replacing the fun, interesting cars. Instead of car manufacturers giving us cool stuff that they used to, they're giving us SUVs because that's what we as stupid consumers want. Just yeah, that used to be like, <clears throat> you know, here's our sports car, here's our minivan, here's our SUV, here's our sedan. And now it's like, here are seven options of SUV sizes, <laughs> and maybe someday we'll build a sports car again. <laughs> we have a sports car SUV, we have a minivan yeah. SUV. <laughs> We have a sedan SUV. We have a sports car SUV. We have a minivan SUV. I mean, that's we have a hatchback SUV. We have an SUV SUV. We I have a say, truck SUV. That is the Jeep Gladiator. I think Austin liked SUVs until Furious Seven, when Paul Walker showed up in his minivan, and that's when all of us were like, "Nope, you know what? Minivans are cool." Yeah, again. they're cool. They're very <laughs> <Man>. cool. <laughs> some of those things. Some of them haul. Like yeah. I, I'd valet them and I'd I'd pull out like not really expecting to go very fast and squeal a tire is pulling out of the drive. To a go lot of them park. have like V6s in there. It was you know? nuts. So yeah. I, I, Austin's on the side of the minivan. Not sure where Justin lies. I will take the 
neutral chaotic approach. Uh, <laughs> Why do you have to do that? <laughs> I'll break the rules. So, like every other car purchase or vehicle purchase in general, I th- it so much depends on the consumer and their needs. But the issue is that most consumers don't actually stop and think critically or anything about their needs. They just listen to so-and-so ran, like ramble on about how good their car is, and they're like, oh, probably good for me. Or they see marketing, which marketing is very effective, actually. They'll see a Super Bowl commercial, whatever it is, and be like, oh, that looks good. I need one. And there's also the, the thing we've debated before where it's like you need an SUV to be safe. People assume, oh, my gosh, if I don't get an SUV with a lift kit and seven seats and room for 12 somehow, uh, then I'm not safe. And that's fairly incorrect, um, which we did debunk on a previous podcast. Now, the case for an SUV can be logistically made by I need something that is actually really good off-road. And I will honor someone's respect for well, I will respect someone's decision for that if they have like, you know, many kids, nest like absolute necessity for a lot of room and genuine desire to off road. Of course, it depends which SUV they buy and will will they actually do that or not. Um, and then people, the case could be made for minivans because a lot of them can be much more fuel efficient. And we'll dissect this, but that is my brief sky high take. I think that's where my my side comes in from working at a working at Tesla and selling SUVs to people that don't need them, minivans, I think, fit the bill for what SUVs do, but do it better. They have a smaller footprint. They get better MPG. They're cheaper. They're more practical for most of those reasons. And that's where my stance comes in. I think SUVs look cool. Like you said, Jordan, really the only big reasons to get an SUV over a minivan is if you are going to go off-roading or you do want a very high-performance SUV. I think most people that buy SUVs buy them simply because they like the feeling of driving something that's high up or they think they look cool. Range Rovers are just what you buy. I, I don't know. That's kind of where, where my stance comes in. Well, speaking of Range Rovers, so I think there's there's a lot of reasons for this. So when the minivan was on the scene as like the people mover, there was automatically a stigma around it as just an ugly, like you had once you got a minivan, it's like your life was over. You had you had no freedom. You were you were a slave to your children or whatever. And so there was a stigma around minivans that is a bit different from the stigma that's around SUVs. I think SUVs still have a bit of a stigma to them, but it's for a different reason. Um, and also, I, I am curious, Austin, to ask you, like, do you hate SUVs because they are ugly and impractical and indicate that your life is over, or do you hate them because everyone gets one? I think I dislike them because the fact that people buy them and don't need them. Like Jordan said, I think there's a lack of assessing their own needs or buying something because they want to have the lifestyle that is marketed to go with that vehicle and they don't use it for that. Like mm-hmm. I see forerunners down in Texas all the time. I see Land Cruisers and Lexus LX 470s constantly. 
well, I think with it's also, one person in it. Like, right. it's, so I think it kind of depends on like what exactly do you need the vehicle for? Because we've talked about this in terms of you know people not using the vehicle to its full potential. We've talked about this in terms of sports cars and horsepower. You know, as far as SUVs are concerned, and like space and off-road capability. It's like what what do you need the vehicle for? And I think people get it in their head that they're like, I need this car to do nearly everything possible. It's like, I'm, I'm trying to, it's like trying to prepare for every possible scenario. And you really just, you really can't do that. But also like, I, I, I think Jordan, you mentioned marketing. The best marketing is person to person marketing. So if I tell you about a car that I bought and I really like, well, that's going to make you want to go get that car more so than a commercial you saw on TV or an ad you saw on Instagram or whatever. So that's usually what ends up happening is these, and, and who talks about their, I mean, guys talk about their cars a lot, but it's, it's almost in a different way. I think what you typically see is women in general will share more about their shopping experiences overall than men will. Men are more likely to talk about their cars and what they did to it or how fast they were going last week. But women are more likely to talk about their shopping experiences and how that relates to them. And they're more likely and other women are more likely to take that information and do something with it. So that's why I think where you get the proliferation of the SUV market is you have a bunch of people, primarily women talking to each other and saying, I got this car. I really like it. That's big in the Range Rover community. Um, I see that a lot here, but you don't see that with minivans because there was such a stigma about it from the start. It, it, I mean, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look cool. Um, no matter how hard you try, a minivan really just doesn't look cool. And SUV, I mean, some SUVs don't look great, but they do look better. Um, so I, I, I think a lot more of it is, I don't, I think it's a lot more psychological if we were just looking at this from a practicality standpoint, if we bought cars just from a practicality standpoint, then yeah, if you're literally needing it just to move people, get a minivan because you can slide open the doors and the kids can hang out or jump in at 20 miles an hour and do a barrel roll, you know, <laughs> yeah, get in a soccer practice. It really depends. Yeah, like minivans, you know, from a videographer's perspective, they are infinitely better as a camera car because of the sliding door rather than like mm -hmm. using the hatch in the back or whatever. Um, and I, to bring in some statistics, um, just to kind of throw that in the mix, um, based on Kelly Blue Book's May 2021 numbers, um, the average price of a new car, um, so an average price of a new full-size SUV or crossover, $69,000. Nice. Um, but the <laughs> average price of a minivan, $42,000. So... That's a significant difference for cars that spec for spec, at least from a um, practical standpoint, are very close, although the minivan's probably a bit more practical and most likely more fuel efficient. Now, 20 years ago when minivans were becoming popular um, and SUVs were a thing, like kind of their early, early popular days, I'll say, they were more evenly matched because minivans didn't have great gas mileage and they were front-wheel drive. The SUVs were pretty much rear-wheel drive, sometimes four-wheel drive. Now, you can actually find a lot of minivans that are both hybrid and all-wheel drive. So if it's the snow you're worried about, you'll be fine. Now, if it's off-roading, again, that's 
a case in point for most SUVs. Granted, most people don't really off-road them or even soft-road them. Um, but I will even play kind of the devil's advocate to, again, this whole thing of, do you genuinely like it? Great. Then you bought the right car. But if you're buying it because of some good thing someone else said, I question the decision. It may still be the right one, but it's it's the motive behind it. Do you genuinely like it? That's something I really respect about the Everyday Driver podcast to say, again, they always are saying, do your driving homework. And that's such a big deal. Um, I had friends who um, bought you know a CUV last year, and we had narrowed down to like five, and then we went to drive them. And the top three contenders were blown off the list after test driving them because just driving it just didn't feel right. So it's, yeah, it's very interesting. You can obsess over numbers all day, but do you genuinely like how it drives and how it feels? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw in really quick. Um, the, yeah, I saw very similar stats to price. It's like l- roughly a fifteen to $20,000 delta in average cost, which is a lot. That's a pretty substantial amount. You can argue that a lot of SUVs are coming from luxury car manufacturers where minivans are not. Um, however, the uh, the maximum so the SUV with the maximum amount of cargo space, uh, which is the Ford Expedition, um, loses out to the minivan with the lowest maximum cargo space of <laughs> 142 cubic feet. So 104. So it's like roughly 40 cubic feet more in a smaller package. And that's just kind of crazy to me. So it just kind of shows the practicality that comes with minivans. Is that with like the seats down or did it, did it say? Yeah, I believe that is with seats down. That's according to US News. So yeah, like you said, Jordan, it, I really think the SUVs come from a status thing and coming from selling luxury cars, I did see that a lot where keeping up with the Joneses is, is very real thing. Like you said, Justin, people talk about their buying experiences. And my favorite thing to hear as a salesperson is when somebody would come in and, and I ask what brought you in and they say, oh, my neighbor just got one. Because that usually meant that they were going to get one too. So yeah, I don't I mean, know. It's just very interesting to me. You wouldn't see Post Malone get out of a Toyota Sienna. You'd see him get out of a Tahoe. So it's it's very much like that is part of it. Um, but it, it's shocking to see the differences in practicality. Because, um, I mean, there are starting to be hybrid SUVs. But minivans are, at the moment, better cost, better fuel efficiency, better practicality. Yes, they don't look quite as good, although the Toyota Sienna does have the taillights from the Toyota Supra or the same design. So (laughs) got to love Toyota styling. Um, But yeah, looking at this price delta, I mean, that's crazy. You could, based on our last podcast, you could buy a minivan and also a sports car for less than an SUV. Granted, a used sports car, but you know. (laughs) Still, I mean, so like that's that's something that, we would have to think this won't ever happen because, um, you know, Megan's not going to want to drive a minivan. But, like, if if I want to make the case, like, hey, listen, we just need a car that can haul stuff, and also I want a fun car, like, let's just trade in our vehicles, get a minivan and a sports car. Like, that, it would solve our problems technically, but it, uh, it um, you know, it, it wouldn't look good to drive. So... Um, I did try to do some research on safety ratings and also like insur- insurability between minivans and SUVs. Uh, so insurance rates are 
fairly similar um, when you're talking about minivans versus like um, midsize SUVs. They're pretty close, and obviously it depends on make, it depends on model, it depends on geographic location, it depends on your history as a driver, it depends on the insurance company you go with. So there's a lot of factors that go into insurance outside just the car itself. But on average, this is from a website called InsuraViz, on average, midsize SUVs and minivans are roughly in the same insurance bracket. Um, large SUVs are cost more, which you, which make it's a bigger vehicle. Um, so I, I guess what that typically means, usually what it means if the insurance rate has gone up, it means it's either more difficult to repair, uh, parts are more costly, um, which usually means the vehicle itself is more costly. I mean, the Tesla Model X is probably one of the most expensive cars or SUVs to insure because it costs so much to repair if something should go wrong with it. Um, Not a Falcon wing car. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as safety goes, um, SUVs have a higher rollover risk, which we've talked about before. Higher center of gravity means higher rollover risk. So if you're trying to drift your SUV, it's probably not a good idea. Minivan is lower to the ground, so you don't really have that. Um, as far as I'm aware, the only really advantage that SUVs have over minivans is that they're heavier and they're, they, they're typically built on truck platforms. Now, obviously, if we're talking about CUVs or, or some midsize, that, that kind of goes away. But the bigger SUVs, like 4Runners and, and stuff, it's going to be built on a truck platform. So they're going to be a bit more uh, robust when it comes to impact accidents. But minivans have also been engineered in such a way because you're putting kids inside of it. They typically have amazing impact uh, ratings, especially from the side. So really between the two of them, it, to me, it's kind of a wash. It's just like, are you worried about rolling over or not? And most people aren't. So, um, but either way, I mean, and it's typical, it's hard to tell with insurance because there's just so many different things that, that go into it. So, so yeah, bottom line, <clears throat> buy what suits you and don't be a sheeple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go drive ba- and make your own decision. Basically, don't buy either a SUV or a minivan because you probably don't need either. Um, Instead, <laughs> buy an affordable sports car and just have fun. There okay. you go. Moving yeah. on. The Dream Garage. Um, so this week's Dream Garage is a JDM special. We were all given $60,000, roughly the price of an R32 GTR, to spend on hot boy JDM cars. The only caveats... <laughs> being that we have to drive these cars year-round as our only vehicle. So this is not like some special JDM car we pull out every once in a while. This is our car or cars, um, and it must be right-hand drive, which you know all these should be based on the websites we found these on. <laughs> um, but yeah, the budget is 60K, number of cars therein, unlimited. So, Austin, would you start us off? Did you spend all your money on one car like an R32 GTR? I diversify. did not. I did the obvious choice, and I bought three cars. I picked up <laughs> wow. a fun Damn. all-arounder for uh, 26K. It was a 1995 Mitsubishi Evo 3. Very cool, fun cars. All-wheel drive, sedan, fun little put-around-town car. Go on a rally circuit if I'm feeling like it on the weekend. Um, and then for $18,000, I figured I needed a really practical car, so I bought a 95 Mitsubishi Delica uh, space gear van. It's literally what it's called. Can't make that wow. up. Um, looks incredible. I wish this wasn't a podcast for this dream garage because the pictures of these cars are just incredible. 
Um, and then the last one that I got is actually my favorite. It is a 1995, so all 95 cars for me, Honda Civic Shuttle. So it's basically a Honda Civic wagon. <laughs> and this particular one has a big, like, bumper guard on the front with oh follower lights. Gnarly. It's got really <laughs> cool steelies. It's lowered. It looks incredible. And then on the side, it says the, something incredible. It says Beagle four-wheel drive. I did not know beagles were known for their performance in inclement weather or off-roading, but well, apparently... neither was this van. Neither <laughs> was the hot... Hey, it's a, it's a hatch. It's a wagon, right? Um, but yeah, five-speed manual. It's a naturally aspirated four-cylinder motor, four-wheel drive. This would be my daily. And another thing about reliability and driving it daily is I could probably find parts for this thing no problem. So I hope you guys considered that in your daily driving because I have looked into buying a right-hand drive imported car. And the biggest caution you get is when it comes time to fix it, it's tough to find parts. So, uh, Jordan, what did you get? Uh, So I'm going to need a bigger garage. Um, uh, so, um, you know, we just said a new SUV is about $69,000. Why do that when you can buy seven cars from Japan? So let me get started. (laughs) 1993 Daihatsu Hijet, which is a, you know, small Japanese kind of pickup truck sort of thing. More, More like cab over engine pickup truck. Very small. Um, this is actually a fire truck. So... I would take this and make it kind of a modified like film equipment truck. I'd keep the fire truck aesthetics and just modify it to have like camera rigs. It'd be like a really cool rollers type filming car. Be awesome. Um, Then of course I need a fun sports car. So Suzuki Cappuccino, five thousand dollars. Just threw that in there. Uh, It's a modular. So that's one of the famous K cars, six hundred sixty-six CCs or so. just a fun modular top. It can be a Targa, a T-top, or a full convertible. All, at, not at the same time, but all, yeah, it's modular. It's it's amazing. And it's at so tiny. At the same time. At the same time. Uh, and then I went back to Daihatsu, got a 94 Rocky SUV, which, I mean, I don't know how to describe it. It just looks like a standard, small, fun, off-road capable SUV. Um, then I went to the kind of old cutesy Nissan era with the Nissan Figaro and the Nissan Pal. I got a pair of those, $9,000 each. Um, those are fun. The Figaro is like a fun, classic looking town cruiser. The Pal is a slightly more practical, like hatchback version of the Figaro. Uh, then I went those to the crack me route. up because those look like they should be from like the fifties and they're from like yeah. the nineties. It's incredible. They really do. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. And anyway, continue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I did get an actual minivan, sort of, um, similar to your Delica, but I went with a Toyota Hiace. Oh, you um, finally is, got it. Yeah, I did, finally. That was one of our previous podcast segments where I found the ultimate car for the Oh, life. that one's cool. That one has some but sick like wheels it. on it. <laughs> yeah. So this is a awesome Hiace. Um, Do they so all like, come in gray on gray? Probably, I hope honestly. so. Yeah. Just gray on gray with silver wheels. Um, so it's like a camera or a, a camper capable van. Very practical. Probably the biggest vehicle on this list. Um, but then I also wanted, since my Daihatsu Hijet was actually converted to a fire truck, I decided I also wanted a pickup truck. So I got a Nissan Sunny, which is one of the greatest names of all time for a Are vehicle. Are those, those, those side mirrors are up? 
up yeah, way forward like a like a skyline it's a Nissan yes. thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. This is basically a, a skyline, skyline GTR <laughs> in pickup truck form. There are people that RB swap these and make them like GTR powered. They're very cool. Well, I spent exactly sixty thousand dollars, but I bought seven vehicles. I'm very excited. Not excited to insure or store any of them, but it should be fun. Or <laughs> or do upkeep. So that's my that's my long laundry list um, of seven JDM vehicles. Should have given me a limit, but all you did was give me a budget. Yeah, I Jeez. mean, I guess if you use the thought process that uh, if one of them is broken down, you can just drive the other one. You can do that for a week. Yeah, I a That's different true. car every day of the week. Um, but at you least can break I didn't a car choose, every day. At least I didn't buy a herd of Ford Pintos. Anyway, Justin. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd like to preface this with I don't know anything about JDM cars, and I don't know what I'm doing generally, so this will probably be interesting. The first vehicle I found was a 1985 Toyota Hilux um, Surf, I think it's Surf Edition. I don't know what that means, but it's also got those cool skyline side mirrors and an excellent paint job stripe down the side. So, Justin, you actually picked a really cool car here. Thank you. Yeah, some background. Um, I mean, most of us hopefully have seen Top Gear. They tried to destroy a Toyota Hilux, and they couldn't. It was literally invincible. So you picked a great car. Um, They had the pickup truck version. So you have the surf version, which is actually, in this case, kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of like an old Nissan Pathfinder. Like, it's it's a competitor to that. Like, it's it's kind of a CUV, not super big, but not tiny. Like, it's actually very usable. And you could probably actually camp out of this. And I'm pretty well. I'm pretty sure on the surf that uh, that fiberglass or metal uh, rear section actually comes off. So yeah, it looks open like it's on the rear. Yeah, yeah so it looks it, like it's, it's removable. Yeah. yeah, so it's like uh, kind of like a Jeep where you can take the the back portion off and like I don't know, put a surfboard back there. Uh, yeah, I think these are That's probably very, exactly very what it's cool. used for. That's probably why surf. it's called the surf. Yeah, that makes anyway. sense. Uh, yeah, so it says 49,000 kilometers. Um, which apparently means 31,000 miles. I only know that cuz I did the conversion on Google. Um, 2.0 liter, uh, I'm assuming that's a four cylinder. I don't know if that doesn't say, but I'm assuming that's a four cylinder engine. Uh, so I figured this would be my nice, yes, it's, it is not going to be fast. It will get you there eventually, but four wheel drive, excellent off-roading. So what did you do to remedy the slow? I got a different car. (laughs) Actually, none of my cars are fast. I don't know. Your second one looks pretty fast. I got a 1989 Nissan Fairlady Z32 TT, which I actually don't know what the TT stands for. I'm guessing twin, twin turbo. turbo. Um, potentially target top. Yeah, potentially target top. No idea. Uh, so 53,000 miles, and this thing has 300 horsepower. The V6, twin turbo V6, I'm assuming. Um, and it is it just looks good. It is in a gorgeous red color. And the AC still works. So that is excellent <laughs> news. Um, this cracks yeah. me up, Justin, because you can get, like, these were sold in the States. And, like, Jordan and I picked cars that could not be bought in the U.S. 
and like you you could get a Z32 in in the states, but you know, but not right hand drive. But not yeah. right hand drive. That's right. Street cred. This is bi turbo manual. I mean, yeah. that's freaking awesome. I'm I can't even drive manual with my right hand, so I can't imagine trying to do it with my left. <laughs> Basically, so, I was like. I could have done this the easy way, but I decided to make it as difficult as humanly possible. Um, then the last vehicle I got is a 1990 Toyota Crown hearse that looks like has the Taj Mahal on top of it because... <laughs> this is incredible. I, yeah, I'm going to need something to be buried in if I spend $60,000 on JDM vehicles because I will be murdered. <laughs> This is absolute. This also has the fender mirrors, by the way. So you got yeah. some hot boy goodness even I in mean, this deathmobile. Yeah. Just, Justin, <laughs> Justin wants you know. Usually a hearse will carry you to the gravesite. No, Justin wants to be buried in this hearse. Yeah, um, just bury me inside. First of, of all, it. scroll scroll to look at the actual speedometer. The speedometer is in the shape of a rectangle. I, I saw never that. seen that before. This in also my life. has what oh, looks that's... to be copper roofing. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what drew me to it. I was like, this is the most interesting roof I've ever seen on a vehicle ever. I mean, this would this would make an excellent ambulance. Yes, I have the fire truck. That's true. <laughs> what I mean, we could do the Top Gear ambulance challenge. Yeah, we I mean could. this. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, it's even got uh, it's got all the hardware and stuff in the back to slide the casket on. I could probably turn that into something. I mean, honestly, I mean, I'll camp out of this instead. Yeah, that's Forget what I was going to say. I was going to say, you could camp out of that surf, but this is probably a better camper. And you'd freak people out, you know, popping out of the back of the campground in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> what year is it? Dressed like... <laughs> just like oh, Genghis this, this even has This even has <laughs> yellow fog lights. Like, you're just... It's pretty cool. Boy. And, and what's Gee. great is it's located in Nashville. So... There you go. That's fun. Yeah. I know what you're I, buying next. You get that tomorrow. I'd make well, a straight trade for that. Well, gents, I enjoyed that. Uh, we're going to have to bring this JDM uh, Dream Garage segment back in the future. I think there's a lot more to, to mess around with here. But uh, for today, we will call it there. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Yeah, if you have questions, corrections, commentary, or want to tell us how much you hate minivans, feel free to hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, and even email. That's theflywheelfilms at gmail.com. Yeah, if you enjoyed the show, our banter, our lovely dream garages, maybe you like our other things too. Instagram and YouTube contain most of our content, at flywheelfilms, and my Miata has Instagram, at ghosty.miata. You can find my Fiesta on the gram at Kona.party.st. And I don't have an Instagram, but we would still do this bit even if I did. All right. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening, and good night. (laughs) 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 John Cena!